some of the biggest life lessons I learned from Naruto. Yeah, but the thing with Naruto was he was privileged. Like, <laughs> what? He grew up like the son of like you know. <laughs> I like, never thought the, of it that way. I thought like, he, was he was privileged. All alone. I know, but like I think about like he grew up in a place of privilege. Think about it. It's not an underdog story because <laughs> really? he because no, he had. Don't rule my look, favorite anime. Look, so what happened was okay. So he had like he had like the. Biggest like power, the nine tail yeah, fox in his body. Sealed. Yeah, but that's like everyone hated him. Yeah, but no one else has that power. So like, and that's my big belief. Like, I don't believe you should use anything that as a crutch. Like, I think to myself, like, yeah, I was like, you know, Asian growing growing up in like Canley Heights, and like, you know, but I still can get into a law firm and kind of, you know, blend in. Yeah. And I think you can't use anything as a crutch because if you start to use it as a crutch, it yeah. starts to kind of affect your yeah, mentality. Yeah, it starts to become your... Yeah, it, it starts to manifest itself. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Unemployed Graduate. I'm your host, Jenny. In today's episode, you can expect a little more improvisation because my guest is someone I don't want to limit with too much structure. He is the co-founder of Pushes. I'm not even going to describe Pushes as a brand, company, or product because in my eyes, it is a movement. It's a community and a family for those who believe in its vision and ethos. And what started off as a premium sneaker marketplace for Australians to buy and sell authenticated sneakers has now extended into Pushes apparel and events. So please welcome to the show, Justin Truong. Thank um, you so much for Your intro on. is so much better than mine. Like you actually plan things out. Yeah. And it looks so good. Like I, I'm just like, wow, I'm impressed. Like oh, Did you read this? I said yeah, this to you. I, I read it, but I didn't know you were gonna read it like verbatim. Yeah, yeah. Intro, and I was like, wow, like that's like you uh, plan do, so well. I do a lot of research. I try to do as much research. No, as I, I think your listeners are going to be very rewarded oh, by you. your work. Yeah. No, I think they're gonna get so much value from you. Listening to your podcast, Bold, with mm. Justin Pushes, I, I learned so much already. Oh, thank um, you. I love your style. You're like, you sound like you're from Pennsylvania. <laughs> like well, you have field, that, technically. Yeah, but yeah. you like speak so much really sophisticated and you like were discussing these political ideas and I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I could keep up when I interview you. No. But um, I was glad to hear you. You're really intelligent yourself, one. so I don't think... Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really think of myself like that. But the whole point of starting this podcast is I don't know what I'm doing. And I just, I just thought that there's got to be people out there who feel the same way. I think there's so many people. Yeah. And in a way, this is my self-expression. It's for a chance for me to learn from people like you, but also maybe if someone wants to tune in, they can tune in. Okay. So do you want to introduce yourself and tell me about you? Um, yeah, so I'm Justin. I, yeah, I started as just an online platform for people to buy and sell authenticated sneakers. So usually Yeezys and Jordans and all the high-end stuff that's, that's kind of hard to get. Um, yeah, there's really not much about me. Like I I kind of find it hard when people ask me to describe Mm. myself, introduce myself because I, I feel like I don't really fit into like, I can't just say I'm a lawyer or I'm an accountant Mm, or, you know, and it's, it's so there's no kind of like lexicon that I can just be like, mm. that's me. Mm. I can't label myself. Mm. And it's, it, it's so hard. And maybe that's because like our kind of new economy doesn't, mm. there's no kind of vocabulary to kind of describe because things have changed so fast and kind of our society hasn't kind of 
like I, I and I hate using the word like entrepreneur. That's, I know it sounds yeah, so I was wanky. Ask like you that. yeah, no, I hate that word because like <laughs> I, I feel like like everyone's an entrepreneur, right? Like mm. in a sense that if you're you know working on something that's new and and kind of it it doesn't necessarily have to make you money, but if you're doing something new, like you are an entrepreneur. Mm. And, you know that that goes from people who are like multi-level marketers to like yeah. you know like Jeff Bezos. So yeah. I, I feel like it's hard to kind of be like um, you know. Yeah, and I think the same kind of stigma is surrounded with the word like influencer or creator. Mm. It's like everybody yeah. influences people, and yeah. everybody creates. Like if you're making something, if you're living and breathing, you're creating something. Yeah. But I find it interesting that you sort of um, feel like you don't live up to the title of entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like in this, I'm like Jeff Bezos or like mm. Elon Musk or like, you know, like actually employing like, you know, hundreds of people and right. then I still feel like a small business owner. Mm. Do you, know you I mean? like, uh, so you prefer being called a small business owner? I don't prefer it because then it, it then kind of limits me as well because it feels like, you know, <laughs> you're know like, I mean? like the mom and pops like bakery. Down yeah, the place, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and I feel like. Like nothing against you know small business owners. Like my mm. parents were small business yeah, owners, yeah. right? And it just feels like they. It, it feels like my, I guess, ambitions don't kind of match that. Yeah. Like I don't just want to be like a shop and just kind of have yeah. a lifestyle business. Yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But then, yeah, it, it's just awkward. Like I don't know. Like I just struggle with it. Yeah. Just yeah. just be a person. I'm a person who's running this website. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And. Yeah. I can kind of understand why you find it hard to find one word that describes you because obviously we're all individuals. We're so we're so multifaceted. Um, it's hard to just say, well, I'm this person. And yeah. I guess if you were to say the first thing, oh, I'm the co-founder of like this business, it would kind of like come off as, oh, that's what he identifies with. Yeah. And that's the first thing that comes to mind. And I don't really identify myself with that because I just feel mm. like I'm doing like things that I enjoy. Mm. Do you know? Like, yeah. And it's not like, like for example, say if the business kind of collapsed tomorrow, like I would be doing like interesting stuff as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'll just do what I'm passionate about. It's not, I don't want to tie myself to that. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I also, like this sounds wacky too. I like, like that. <laughs> never win, you know what I mean? You, you just can't win. You're, you're, you're being so hard on yourself. I think you I, can yeah. own it and it's, yeah, you don't yeah. have to... So what do you identify as? Me? I'm yeah. just... I'm just a student figuring it out. But I think you're more than a student. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you were telling me like just before the show, like you were telling me, you know, you work full-time and yeah. you study full-time. Yeah. And you do something, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Then it's hard to just be like, oh, I'm just a student. I'm de- I definitely have that drive and passion yeah. to do something. Not just something, but something meaningful and impactful. But I'm just on that journey of figuring out what that is. Yeah. What um, What's meaningful to you? I'm figuring that as well. But I this podcast to me is meaningful because it's yeah. both speaking my own truth yeah, and I know that there's going to be people out there who feel the same way I do. And you want to and help them feel better, or like what's what's kind of your objective? I want us, like all to learn and figure out somewhat of a path of where we want to go. But the biggest objective is for them to not be held back by fears, by expectations from parents, yeah. from all of these quote unquote secure, the quote unquote secure job, and for them. Yeah, just to pursue what they want to do and bringing people like you on, I want to show them that you can do it. 
So I'm showing myself as well. Like mm. all, as I've met all these different guests, I've learned so much myself as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say I'm a student. I guess I'm, I'm at uni, but I'm also always a learning. student of life. Yeah, <laughs> so corny. I didn't want to say that. Yeah. Um, it's so nice of you to ask questions. You're actually the first one to ask me a question. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like, I, like that. I, I I always like to learn about people. I think mm. like no matter who, like this is what I've learned. Um, I think who I am today is kind of like an amalgamation of like everyone I've kind of interacted mm. with. And they've like a lot of people say they have like a, I guess a sense of self where they feel like they're that person. But I feel like every time I meet people, every time I kind of talk to people, every time I learn from whether they're older than me, younger than me or whatever, I feel like I pick up things mm. and that those are the things that are really impactful in my life. And that those are the things that I think really shape who I am. Mm. And I think, you, you can't you, you always have to be really like open-minded to sometimes i get like for example a business lesson from like an 18 year old just because of like how they deal with their friends mm. it's just like it, it, it's kind of being open to like perspective and i think like i i think i'm so hard on myself because i feel like i don't really know much i just kind of like remix like other people's opinions or other people's mm. perspectives or and then kind of put my like kind of filter it through my own lens mm. and then apply it to what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I don't feel... That's why I think I'm so hard on myself. Because mm. I don't think I have come up with any original ideas. I don't think I'm... Like, I don't think I'm a visionary or mm. anything like that. I like that. Yeah? It's it's coming from a place of humility. Like, I, that I, you're I, even I, able I, to come to this conclusion. Yeah, I, I guess I'm... I, it's, yeah. it's very rare in this time. You're again? I think, yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> think so most people weird. are so insecure. Like, I... I feel like most people put up the front that they're very kind of like, you know, secure with themselves or whatever. But I feel like most of the time, the majority of people are very insecure. Mm. And if you can just kind of like own that insecurity and kind of like be open about it, you'd be surprised how many yeah. people are there willing yeah. to help you. And even though the other people might have their own issues and problems, they might have the piece of the puzzle that can help you. Mm. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of my view on that. I think I'm never going to be like happy myself. I think that's what drives me to do what I do. Mm. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be satisfied. Like, like say, like, you know, yeah, say I make, like, $10 million or, you know, my business blows blows up and I, you know, employ, like, hundreds of people. Like, I'm still not going to feel satisfied. Mm. There's always going to be some chip on my shoulder or something that's going to be telling me, like, shit, like, it's not enough and you need to do more. Yeah, I like it because you talked about in your podcast how, like, you're going up that um, the pyramid, that pyramid of, like, needs. Yeah. And, like... You slowly, like, you meet the, the need for, like, shelter and food and yeah. you slowly move up to, like, self-actualization. And then you talked about how now you want to think of how you can, like, help others. Yeah. Mm. But it's all, like, because there's so many problems in the world. I feel like there's mm. just, like, it, it, I struggle with this a lot. Like, I feel like, how do you kind of, like, help people without, like, because you can't just pour money at the problem. Yeah. Like, I think that's something that I've learned as well like you know you need to kind of shift attitudes and, and kind of change perspectives and stuff like that and you can't just kind of like and even if you do throw money at the problem not no amount of money is enough like so yeah like you can like I, I read a funny statistic on like Twitter the other day where like like Jeff Bezos's net, net worth with his which is like a ridiculous like a hundred and something billion dollars I don't know after his divorce, but like um, <laughs> yeah, now, it's only it would only be enough to run the U.S. government for like seventeen days or something, mm. and it's like that ridiculous amount of money goes nowhere, you know. 
Mm. And it's just like, then how do you help people and how do you kind of have a big impact on people in the best way? And, I, I, and I'm starting to think about this lately and I think like media is one. Mm. Like I, I really believe in like media because I think that's the most cost-effective way to reach people, right? Like yeah. you can put something up on, on social media and you can reach like millions of people, yeah. right? The only like drawback with that is I feel like like media, the impact of media, like yes, you can reach a lot of people, but in, in terms of the effect that it might have on people, it mm. might not be as like huge as it can be. Because, mm. um, you know, like you can watch like an inspiring video or like on YouTube or whatever, and yeah, you feel inspired for 10 minutes and then you just go back to baseline. Yeah. That's kind of one thing. And I think this, the second thing that I think can change like the world is software. Like I think, you know, like how with just software, it's, it's you know, whether it's like apps like Facebook or like Airbnb or Uber or whatever, they've kind of really impacted everyone in the world. Mm. And, you know, even, you know, Apple in terms of like iOS and stuff like that. Like I feel like so many, like how it can reach so many people mm. In such a short amount of time and yeah. then kind of change the way people live so but i think like now even moving on to vr and ar yeah and all of that ai it's so crazy how soon we'll be changing how we interact and communicate yeah and it's scary because i i was talking to this with a, with a friend uh, like, like like christmas last year and she was telling me like she feels like in like 10 years she's gonna be how her parents are to technology because you know yeah. things are, like change so quickly yeah that like how they don't, can't seem to figure out like yeah, and Instagram iPhone. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think about that too. Like, yeah. soon I will be like, "What is going on mm. in my days?" But, these things, but like we that. won't be even be that old. Like, we'll be in our thirties, mm. and it'll just be so foreign to us, mm. right? And yeah, and those are the two things I'm thinking about. And I think like if you're kind of, I guess this ties in with your podcast. If you're kind of looking for ways to kind of impact people mm. or make a change or have a like meaningful career, I think those are the two industries you need to really get into and i think those have the best kind of biggest i guess apparent impact mm. in my opinion like i think obviously you know every industry helps people but in terms of the scale yeah. and the the impact i really think those are the two things that can really help people and that's what i'm kind of thinking about like for the future of like me and like the future of my business and everything like how i can kind of impact people yeah. in, in a scalable way like you've got pushes media as well right yeah Where yeah you write, i've read that article you wrote yeah so um, we're kind of kind of starting slowly to kind of ramp that up and hopefully like hire people and do all that stuff to actually build like quote unquote a media company but it's just like i think it's just a way for me to kind of like help people but also kind of like test it out because i don't even know mm. what i'm doing yeah like i always tell you i don't know what same. i'm doing I don't and know it's, what this is gonna be yeah and i just want to kind of take it at one step at a time and kind of see where it can go mm. and how that can achieve my goals in terms of making impact does that excite you and make you feel like you're living your life purposely knowing that that's your vision and that's your purpose it scares me and it gives me depression to be honest oh really because no. i'm scared like because my expectations of myself are so yeah, high as i i've picked that up <laughs> that like every like every day that i'm like not making progress or every day that i i get really i get into slumps mm. like i i'm starting to see why like a lot of like entrepreneurs or whatever or even successful yeah. creative people they get really depressed yeah or the really, depression rate is so high yeah or like it's, mental health issues as well yeah and even like someone like Kanye, where he's like, he's going great. And I can understand because then once your goals and once your kind of like ambition exceeds what you're capable of, mm. it scares you, mm. you know? And it kind of, 
it makes you feel like worthless and it's really bad. Like, I think that's, that's one of the things that I, I can see. And I, I guess, yeah. And that, I think that's something that kind of plays me. Yes. It excites me on one hand. And when I get like new projects or like I get people who I meet who are new, who are able to help me and stuff like that, that excites me. But at the same time, it scares me because I'm like, shit, I only have a limited amount of time on this earth. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Resources. And, and then I, and then it makes me, okay, so this is really bad, but it takes me on a tangent. But then it starts to then make me think about shit. Like, why am I worrying about stupid shit? Because mm. you're going to die anyway. Like you're it, like this big ball of like very philosophical. Like you're no, like a big ball of philosophical. It, like it, I, I call it street like profound, philosophy. It's like profound thoughts. I'm like, yeah. we're going, I love how we're going on to this. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, are you religious at all? Um. Okay. So I grew up Catholic. Okay. Um, my parents are like, my, my dad especially is a devout Catholic. Like my parents are extremely devout. I yeah. grew up in church as well. Extremely devout. Yeah, extremely devout. And um, But for me, I'm not... I don't know. Like, it's hard to... I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain, like, my relationship. Like, I feel... I feel like my conception of God is different to, like... Yeah. The church. Just conception of God. Same. Like, I really believe in, like... And this is what people always, like... People always pick me up on they're like, you know, you're so logical and you're so kind of like, how do you kind of believe in that stuff? And I'm like, but for me, it feels like this, I don't know, there's just experiences in my life that mm-hmm. I've kind of, it, it can't be a coincidence. Right. Like, it's just so, you know, it's just so kind of, so weird and, and it's such an anomaly that I'm like, it can't be a coincidence. But then again, like, I try to keep myself kind of grounded. I'm like, but then again, like life is an anomaly. Yeah. Like having life on earth in this, like the fact that we're living on this rock, yeah. like in the big and where the, you know that's an anomaly as well. Yeah. So why is it that this like my life can't be an anomaly? But then I don't know. It's just kind of I obviously don't know the answer. If I did, I'd, I'd be like I'd start my own church or something. <laughs> but like yeah, I do. I am kind of spiritual, mm. but I don't think I'm kind of like institutionally bound to like. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. identify as being spiritual mm. nowadays, and the word that's being thrown around is like the universe. Like I believe in the universe, yeah, things like that. Um, but it's interesting that that's your upbringing. Did you ever feel like pressure from your parents to? I still feel to, pressure. Like, my uh, mom still like to me, "Hey, go to church." <laughs> the, I funny... still go to church every week to please my parents. Okay, so my mom, like, I so she did this the other day, right? I don't know the other. The other week. So what happened was, um, so she actually told my little brother to print out like church times and yeah. post it on like my room at home. Aww. So I, I don't live at home anymore. Yeah. But whenever I visit, there's like this like Aww. A4 sheet of like all the church times. Mm. And she's like, oh, you know, I know you're busy, but yeah. you can kind of like make it to one of these, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, which is, yeah, which is really interesting because um, I think growing up Catholic, you, you get... A different perspective i think especially as a person you don't really kind of get that because religion itself is a philosophy mm-hmm. i don't think most people say if you, you don't grow up catholic you get that kind of philosophical training so early because i think learning about like catholicism really teaches you to think about concepts yeah um and think about like morality and all that stuff and like life greater than yeah like, greater than yourself. yourself yes exactly i think and I think that's why I'm how I am now, because I always kind of try to grapple with questions like that. 
Um, so I think, yeah, like I really think having a Catholic yeah. upbringing. I always right. hated small talk. I always just loved like let's talk about like what, what what's your worldview? What do you believe? Yeah, life is about why. What do you believe? Like, why do you believe we're here? And I've always had this longing for like deep, deep conversations. And I think, yeah, you're definitely someone who um, can do both. Because um, I've I've learned like I think this is what I've learned from my partner is that um, the small talk and the really stupid stuff. There's a lot of value in that too, mm. right? And because I used to be like very you know just big picture, but I, Tell I learned me about that because yeah. Um, yeah, so like just talking that. to someone, talking crap to someone, right? You really can learn what the perspective is and you get to see that higher kind of higher perspective that they will view. Right. You don't have to kind of fish it out. It's like when I ask you, you know, like what's your favorite food? You're going to mm. be like, I don't know. But then if I start to talk to you about certain food and just like your experiences and just the, the crappy small yeah. talk, then I can then piece together that big, like big picture. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, from, because my partner's very good with people she's like honestly she's like her social skills are just like insane i think i'm a bit quirky mm. and i think i'm a bit like with her she's very good yeah yeah i'd love to meet her one day. yeah yeah definitely and um yeah and so she, just watching her interact with people and watching her kind of learn about people and kind of like she's she can kind of like learn about people so well and it's mm. just through small talk and that's why i think i've learned how to kind of have small talk because it it, at the end of the day, it achieves the same goal in terms of really seeing their worldview. But you can't just ask people mm, what their course. purpose, you know. Of course. And, you know, it's within people's actions that you actually see their philosophy. It's like, you know what they say, like, don't worry about what people say, it's what they do. True. It's the same thing. So what they do and kind of like what their priorities are can be seen through the small stuff yeah. they do every day because that all builds right. up to the one thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's just... I hate it because I'm so awkward and I'm so weird with it. Like, mm-hmm. just be like, oh, yeah, like, nice weather. Or like, oh, um, I was just at an event yesterday <coughs> with my boss and she's so great at it. Mm. She just, like, chats and then goes, like, how's your Christmas? And I'm just there, like, oh, shit, like, I don't know. What, what do I say? Like, I don't know how to keep this conversation going on. <laughs> um, so, but I never thought of it in that way, that mm. this is a chance for me to get a snippet of who they are or what they're actually like because if you ask them how was your Christmas then they tell you oh my my." then you know then you already can pick up like okay their relationship with the people around them that they love all that stuff and then you can pick up the themes and then you can then draw that because it's like you don't that's how you get to know people like slowly you start off with the very sort of basic things and then you move deeper and deeper yeah um okay so let's talk about how we met yeah um and yeah so how did we meet um i, I met you through law school yeah um i was like a camp leader for law camp yeah. um first year i think i was probably too drunk to kind of remember you <laughs> but for some reason i had <laughs> you on facebook afterwards <laughs> and yeah and, and that's how we kind of met um was that fun like because they kept saying oh being a law camp leader is so much more fun than attending and stuff so it's did you guys all get like really smashed no no i got really smashed Mm. like that law camp i got really smashed but what it is is you kind of live vicariously because you kind of look Mm. back and you're like we've all kind of been through first you never talk and you kind of pick out like patterns and like you can pick out like oh this happens or this happens it's kind of like an in joke Mm. you know um interesting but it's not like it's not like we all get kind of shit face it's 
just I did. I was the, I think I, I was the one the camp leader that got the most shit because oh. I couldn't walk the next morning. Oh my god! Like it was really bad. Um, but because they told us they were like, oh, you know, the first night or something, like you got to kind of be responsible, and the second night, whatever. Yeah. And then we were like, oh hell! I was like, yeah, shit. Like, oh my gosh, I like yeah. remember that camp and people were being so, like, I literally walked into the dorm i walked in on like a couple having sex mm. i was like god this is so crazy because i was just out of high school like this church yeah. girl like oh my god jesus like like look after me and then <laughs> i walk into this cabin and they're just having um like sex outside of marriage and i was like oh my god this place is crazy but um uni was definitely like a chance for me to stop and reflect about like what, what are my values like yeah. instead of identifying with what i've been brought up with which mm. is that you're a christian girl yeah and and what do you think what's the value that's changed the most for you um i wouldn't say it's just a way of critical thinking that's changed mm. like i'm able to now think for myself and yeah think more independently whereas in the past it was always kind of like well, Bible, this is right or this is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Bible says that you shouldn't have sex before marriage, so mm. you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't do this, and you should be, you know, like mm. trying to convert, <laughs> like tell people about the good news. And it was like, yeah, parents say you should study hard, so study hard. But I never stopped to think, why am I studying so hard? Like, what's yeah. my purpose? So I guess that kind of like independent thinking is mm-hmm. the biggest change. Yeah. Mm, yeah and has your views on things kind of changed a lot mm. or they've kind of said the same but with a different lens I think with a different lens definitely mm. Mm. I'm only 23 I wouldn't say I've experienced enough life yeah. yet to even say like what I think about this or what I think about that I'm still yeah. very much just discovering and I feel lost a lot of times like yeah. that's the that's the most familiar feeling to me is just feeling lost and not knowing like whether i'm on the right path but yeah. then i think like you've got to embrace no, like, the journey but like i think everything happens yeah, for a reason like you where you are now is, that yeah. you're lost lost right now so i keep telling myself you're lost right now so just be lost it's <clears> fine yeah stop overthinking and stop getting so caught up about trying to figure out what's the right way to go hmm. so i guess that's what i've kind of changed um mm. so tell me about law school and yeah. like you're still you were just telling me how yeah so i have like one more subject well i finished my law component i have like a common subject there. oh right right um yeah law school was just like i honestly never studied and it was just really like bad yeah like i think i was like like i'm not an example you should kind of follow like i don't know I shouldn't be saying this like no. publicly, but yeah, like I did not study and I hated it. Like I really. But you still passed. Yeah, I, I passed. <laughs> like I've not failed like a law subject, but like it's still. Very smart. No, I'm not smart. I think I just learned to play the game. Mm. Like you just learn. Okay, they start asking you these couple questions, right. like, and you kind of figure out like in two hours they can't really test you test you that much. Mm. Like really, if you just know if you have someone's notes and you just the skill is to identify what part of the notes are relevant yeah, yeah. to the test. Because there's so much. Yeah. And if you can just go like read through the table of contents mm-hmm. and be like, okay, that sounds like that's, that's questions that, yeah. you just regurgitate. Oh, interesting. I yeah. thought law would be more um, like not so much rote learn. It's more about 
So it's like, it's not rote learning, but you have to apply like the law, right? So say, mm. you know, this is the law and these are the exceptions. And then, okay, you just got to apply the facts to that law. And if you're like kind of just half smart, you can kind of talk crap mm. and just be like, well, yeah, this applies because of this, 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 mm. you know? So you don't really have to, and obviously the scenarios are all there and it's all fake and it's all, so if you can just like justify yourself, yeah. it's kind of fine. Mm. So I kind of like, you know, during uni, I, you know, I was just working my business. So I was just like, yeah. socialized. I've never, I've never actually kind of learned. And I think that's also really bad of me because like, now I come out of my law degree with like dead and stuff and I don't really know anything about the law. <laughs> like I can't, now I've learned that if like, I think the skill that I have learned is I can look it up and kind yeah. of apply it. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like any, remembering any substantive law, I can't, like I, yeah. I'm the worst, like do not ask me for legal <laughs> advice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. How did you come to decide to do law? Um, I mean, common law is quite common. Like. Yeah. So I think for me, like, Again, I think it's just an ego thing. Mm. Like I was like to myself, like I don't want to do straight commerce because obviously my seventeen-year-old self was just like, yeah, I'm too good for this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I also had a fascination with law, just because like lawyers are just so enigmatic and you just don't know yeah. what they did, but they were just always kind of like held in high regard. Yeah. And I, you know, coming from like a disadvantaged background, I felt like I needed to kind of get into that circle and to kind of understand how that world works mm. um because you know i don't i don't like being ignorant like i have i feel like that's the number like you know if i could say i have a strength like the number one strength i have is really like i'm very curious mm. um and being curious was just like hey look i want to know what what that is like i don't want to know why society kind of you know and so i was just like well i'll try to get it like i'm from year seven to ten like the teachers kind of knew I was smart, but I was always playing games. Like I was always yeah. playing Dota. I was always kind of like on Tumblr or some shit. Like I was never really like studious. Like I've got, I always got in like high C's or like low B's. Like that was seven kind of like, to ten. Yeah, seven so to ten. And you started working hard at eleven and twelve. Yeah, that's exactly the same as me. Yeah, because I was never engaged by school. Same. Like I was. You know, in class, I, was, I, I remember when we got laptops in year nine. Mm, that right? was the best. That was the best thing because I could escape the classroom, but my yeah. body could still be present. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, and I think that's how I kind of did law school as well. So I, you know, I was able to kind of like do other things in class, but then, you know, during class, I do what interested me. Yeah. Um, And I always, you know, got decent marks. So like my parents yeah. would get off my back because um, I think... When I was younger, my parents were a lot more strict. Um, but yeah, so like, and then from year 11 to 12, like year 10, I remember end of year 10, I was like, shit, like, I've got to actually figure out what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't. Yeah, because it's that HSC, like, yeah, you're about to get into Yeah, exactly. That. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to give myself a good goal. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get into com- like like law. Wow. Right? And all my friends were like, I remember there was this one party. Um, like a high school party that what I went to. What school did you go to, by the way? Um, Patricia Brothers Fairfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I remember this one party in year 10 where I was like to my friends, you know what? I'm going to get into law. And they all laughed at me. <laughs> oh, I remember no. this because they all got like better marks than me or whatever or anything. And, and I, you know, when you're in like year 7 to 10, like your friends just kind of give you shit. And, yeah. You know, kind of thing like... And they were just like, are you fucking joking? Like as if like... I was like, you know what? I'm yeah. going to do it. And then year 11 to 12, like, I did pretty well. Yeah, you really, like, bootstrapped and stuff. Yeah, I studied, like, heaps. Like, I put in a lot of time. 
Um, I still kind of like screwed around a lot, but that's mm-hmm. just me. But I also kind of studied more than I did, mm-hmm. um, more than I did in year like seven and ten. Like seven and ten, I did nothing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then, and then I got in, and I was like, Fuck, like that's that's exactly what I kind of want to do. Um, but it was just because to, to kind of understand that and to kind of prove to myself that I could. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what being a lawyer entailed. I didn't even know what law school entailed. You know what I mean? Like same. And yeah. Yeah, what, what did you decide to do law school? Um, <laughs> I, my, my goal was a lot lower. I just wanted to get 90, like above 90 mm. for my like ATAR. And I exceeded my own expectations. I did well. But my parents were kind of just like, oh, actually, my tutor at the time suggested the course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, might as well. Like, let's give it a go. But I did international studies and law. Mm. And there was no business aspect. International studies was all about like the UN politics, mm-hmm. like sovereign states, and then combining that with the dryness of law, like I was suffocating. And the same thing, the ego and the prestige of the degree mm-hmm. and my parents' bragging rights, like they could tell people my daughter got like got into law. And, and how did how did they you. how did they respond when you dropped it? They were they were good. They were okay. pretty good, yeah. like and receptive, because I explained that I I had given it a go, mm. and um, yeah, my dad. That's really good. Yeah, they're 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 good in that aspect. Um, and what did you transfer to? I'm doing comedy media now. Okay. Yeah, you, I, I still like, hate uni. Like I just. I mean, uni. The same. The same yeah. thing. I'm always thinking about what, the things I could do if I didn't have to go to this class or this fucking assignment. Like, yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm, I'm finishing it. But yeah. I, I definitely identify with that. Even in school, I was always just like distracted and like not engaged with the way they taught. It was just, I just always thought like, why do we have to just sit here and listen and then do this homework? Like the structure of it was, didn't, didn't resonate with me. Hmm. Hmm. How would you change that structure? Like say if you were the principal of a private school, oh my God. what would you do? I don't know, to be honest. I really don't know. I think education like needs to change, and yeah. maybe one day we all won't need to go into school. We'll just be like watching like a VR lesson, and we can choose like what we're interested in learning about. Mm. But one thing I wished that they would have focused on more in high school is what What do you want to do after you graduate from high school? Like figuring out. But do you think you know at that age? No, I don't think you would, but at least it'd be on your mind and you'd be thinking about that yeah. instead of spending so much time on like, you know, maths and, I mean, they're all great, um, but a lot of those skills aren't applicable. Oh, also one thing I would love for them to teach is just like everyday practical skills, like like taxes, how to, how to manage your finances, yeah. um, all of that, I guess, I think they don't teach for some reason mm. and that's probably something that changed. Okay, so like civic skills. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So now that you're not going to pursue law, like, yeah. is that how do your parents feel about that, or how do you feel about um, not pursuing it? I think I always knew I wasn't going to do law. Mm. I think I probably would have known from like first year, second semester. Wow. I think I I knew there was just like. Did you ever think you wanted to change, like, from that? Um, I thought about it. But I was just like, I don't know, I just wanted to complete it. Like, I don't like, I, I like to finish things through. Yeah, like you said, you didn't want to seem like a quitter. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't even quitting because I, I, it was just more feeling like, like 
you know, if you, because my dad always taught me, if you start something, you see it through to the end. Mm. It's not something that, you know, it's not something like in life. He always taught me like, no matter if you fail or whatever, you just got to see it through the end. You can't be those people that jump from things to things because, because then you never accomplish anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of taught me that I can stick through things that I don't like. Um, yeah, and I don't know, like I, I, I never, sorry, like I gave it a shot. Like I worked as a paralegal. Oh. Yeah. What was that like? Um, that was a struggle. Like, oh. yeah, like I was not engaged. Like you know, and I felt really bad to you know a firm was paying me, and but I didn't feel engaged. I didn't feel like I wanted to be there. Um, but I tried it twice. I joined two firms. Oh, so wow. I thought, you know, the first firm, maybe it's just my experience. And then the second firm, I was like, oh, like the second firm was, you know, both firms were really good to me, but like the work was just not engaging. Like I, I could do it, but it wasn't like, crap, I'm so kind of happy yeah. to be a lawyer yeah. or, or to, and, and I kind of saw where my life would be in five, 10 years. Wow. And it just wasn't what I wanted. Right, and I know like most people would have loved to be in my position. So when I quit, like I felt really guilty because mm. I felt like shit. Like so many people I know in my cohort would have loved to be where I am. Yeah, and that... in yeah, and to get to get a law job because yeah. you knew how hard it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And so and I felt yeah, and I felt so guilty. Like I felt like I was I wasn't being ungrateful, mm-hmm. right? Because like yeah, my my teams were both honestly i was very blessed to have really good like partners to work under like but it was just internally it just didn't feel right i was miserable mm. like i was depressed i wasn't happy i wasn't wow. i felt like i was being underutilized in the sense that like my the things i want to work on does not exist in the legal industry yeah you know what i mean and that that like i, I knew you know end of first year that i didn't want to be a lawyer but then i wanted to give myself a shot because i was like you know what, maybe, I, you know, it's only first year, how, how do I know? And then so I did it for two years and I was like, shit, like, okay, like this is really not for me. And by by working as a paralegal for two years, you kind of then be, know exactly that it's not for you. And I think that's when I kind of had the balls to quit. Do you, did you, do you remember that pivotal moment when you were like... I don't think it was a pivotal moment. I think it was just like a period of maybe like six months, oh. the last six months, where I was just like, yeah, like... Oh, you know, I'm just here and I'm just, yeah, working here so I can get my guaranteed grad job. And my team, like, loved me. Oh, wow, you would have gotten a guaranteed grad job. Like, I wasn't guaranteed, but, like, my partner was talking as I was part yeah, of the team. pretty, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he'd always kind of, like, make off-the-cuff remarks, like, oh, we need a, you know, when the graduate program, like, is, are you going to kind of do it kind of thing? And, yeah. Um, But that was, like, a few years, because I was only in, like, fourth year by then. Like, started fourth year. And so they were thinking if I was going to do penultimate and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, but like, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. I, by the last six months I knew I didn't enjoy it. And then by the end of that fourth year of uni, um, I was actually just like, I got in, like, I was just looking around and I think one of my uni mates had an internship at a startup and I was just like, okay, um, I really want to apply and get this. But then what they said was I had to do two days, um, at the startup which meant that I had to quit my law job, oh. right? And so I couldn't like, juggle. Yeah. Like, and so um, I had to make a choice, like, shit, am I going to quit or not? And so I just quit. And I was like, and the thing was, I was getting paid as a paralegal and I was jumping into like an internship 
where it was unpaid. Yeah, that that's yeah like dropping from that really esteemed all the way down to it wasn't doubt. Like I thought it was esteemed. Like I thought being able to join one of the most exciting startups um, was. But but it was just like. But it would just not make sense for a, a normal, like, yeah, like a law student, like yeah, exactly. Look at your decision and be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, what the fuck? Like a lot of people, are like, "What the a, fuck are you doing?" Yeah, oh, wow. and it was just like going from like getting paid and having a steady income because I, I don't rely on my parents. Yeah. Um, and so getting like paid and then not getting paid and relying on my partner to like fund my life. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like really tough. That's... But I, I told I told like my partner I was like like Sandy like I gotta kind of. That's like, so awesome. I want to do this. She really got your back. Yeah, she really did. Like, honestly, like, I feel like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for her kind yeah, of the amazing. past five years kind of, like, support. Like, even in uni, like, she'd work and I'd, like, kind of have, like, you know, because to get that those paralegal jobs, I had to kind of first, like, work as a researcher for, like, a barrister, unpaid wow. and stuff like that. And so, like, she would kind of fund me and, like, yeah. you know, buy me food and, like, yeah. stuff like that. And then when, I, you know, I was a paralegal job and she was out of work, like, I kind of, you know, did that, yeah. but, like, in return. Yeah. So it's kind of like we really kind of helped each other in that sense. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't have survived if, like, it wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and I think, like... That's really beautiful that you, you do that for each other. I think. Yeah, I honestly am blessed. Like, I feel like I'm blessed to have someone that's, like, not kind of like, oh, you know, like, expecting extravagant things and... Yeah. and it's 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 kind of like a like if you think about it like say we dated for like a year and she's like supporting me it's like who would do that mm. yeah but at this point were you guys already a few years into the relationship no at this point like it was probably like no it was like a few months like it was like probably oh, six wow. months where i worked like as a kind of free researcher yeah. um but and, you like really saw like what she like yeah, and she was she was working a retail job. Like it wasn't yeah. like she was making bank. Yeah, like who she was. Yeah, and that's that's when I kind of knew, and like, yeah, I never asked for anything. I never like was like, hey, can you like give me my name? <laughs> it was never like that. But yeah. it just she was just like, hey, like if you need it, like whatever. Like she's like, I'll do this for a friend as well. So we're dating. Like I might as well, you know. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she, she is. She's, awesome. She is. She's actually the most amazing person. I'm blessed. Um, but yeah, from that period, it was kind of like. Yeah, it was it was kind of like I kind of just knew, and then having to then drop and then work for free. It was really yeah, it was a really hard decision. But then once I pulled that trigger, I kind of didn't really look back. Mm. I think there were times I was like, "Fuck, like is this the right thing to do?" Like a few months in, I was like, "Oh, you know." But then I don't know. I just enjoyed what I was doing, even though I was getting like going back to being unpaid. Mm. Like as a fourth year like law student, I still felt like. I'm having so much fun if I don't make any money at all. Like, like I'm actually enjoying my life for the first time in, like, a long time. Mm. And so that was when I was like, holy crap, like, let's, like, I can do this. And then I think a few months later, I started pushes and I was, because, like, during my time at the startup, like, I had a really good team and a really good mentor that, that and, you know, I still speak to him. I, I caught up with him Christmas. We had lunch with his, like, like his daughters. Yeah. Um, and he would always kind of, like, encourage me. To kind of do things and and then so i tried it out um i did pushes and i was like you know what like even if i don't make any money from this i'm actually enjoying it and i think that's and then one thing leads to another and then you get to here but do you think that's where people should start at when they're trying to think about what they truly want to do i think what you should do is like work for like extraordinary people Mm. like i think even if 
like you can get into the door somehow working for free. I really think like that's where you kind of learn because you don't they don't teach you like I think working in corporate because it's so structured it became it becomes like and nothing against corporate like I think a corporate yeah. job is like I think it's it's good for certain people certain personalities yeah I'm scared with this podcast that it might come off as me like shitting on yeah. people who are doing nine to five yeah but no definitely if that's for you like that's awesome. Yeah. I wish I could I wish I could be able to just be happy. Yeah, cuz I'd be look I swear to god I'd be making more money <laughs> if I was working right. Yeah. Now, right? But um it's like what I learned is that like because corporate training programs are kind of standardized and everything's just so kind of like catered to to the mean, mm-hmm. it becomes like you don't really learn anything that's like exceptional. But when you work with like people who've done things and people who are just really like amazing and i've worked with so many different like good like i guess startup people or good kind of thing you kind of then see how they operate their yeah. mindset the perspective on things yeah. and that's when you really learn i think that's where my learning curve kind of really helped me and i think if you can the best way don't do what i did and just start a startup because mm. I, I just wanted to work for myself like i had a thing too where i just like to work for myself but I would work for like a business that's growing. So I, my friend calls it like a scale up. So like you don't have the risk of like putting your money in and like you know. Yeah, you want to become like the like yeah the founder, the investor. But if you yeah, but if you work like for a company that's like say maybe ten people and they're growing, that's when you have a lot of contact with the people who are taking the risk and the people mm-hmm. who are exceptional. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of contact. You see how they operate. You work. You start to work towards their standards. Then you start. You learn a lot. And you get paid for it. Mm. So the upside is very kind of... And I'm sure you... you I'm sure that's the same case with you, right? Yeah, right now, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where I would recommend people to do. So I would recommend to kind of like join something that's like kind of early, but with exceptional people and so you can learn from them. What are some of those key lessons that you took away from that? Um, I think number one is like how to critically think. Mm. Um, so how they approach problems is, is very kind of different to how i would have before I, I i joined um and number two it's like to learn how to kind of like not let your okay so the fact like i've worked for two startups and the first founder was like 24 when he started oh, yeah yeah oh, right. yeah he started. yeah when he started now he's, he's a bit older it's probably been like four years now and yeah like and he's killing it right now mm-hmm. right like killing it and the second founder, same thing. She started when she was like 28 and then she's killing it right now too. Yeah. And it kind of makes me kind of think, you know, you don't have to kind of follow the conventional track and you can kind of do what you want to do if you kind of be smart, surround yourself with smart people and to kind of not let like your circumstances kind of hold you back. Um, yeah, and, and I think those are the two lessons that I, I, I learned the most. Um, for me, like the, the greatest lesson that I've learned with, with Georgie, like the woman that I work with, yeah. like work for, um, is that she showed me that we're all just figuring it out. Yeah. Like I thought as a, as a, as a teenager and as a uni student, I thought, okay, when I, when I graduate from high school, I'll know. When I finish uni and then do a grad job, I'll know. I'll, I'll figure it out. Mm. I'll be, I'll be like, like an adult, but even her having held such a highly esteemed position, she was second in charge at Vogue Australia. That's mm. like 
one step to better than cheap yeah yeah and she started her own business and she said i'm just figuring it out as well i'm just doing it along the way i'm learning along the way yeah and that gave me so much confidence and courage and for an overthinker like me it was like okay well let me just figure it out as well yeah and yeah i i definitely identify with what you said is to pick a good person to shadow and to to follow and to work for yeah. even if you don't get paid i don't i think that's super valuable yeah and i think most people like i what i kind of see and not to kind of like insult people but most people are very entitled when they're young oh you know i need to get paid this much i need to do this. but i'm like right. you gotta swallow their pride like you gotta that's where the learning's from like it's not about the money like right. like you know you can work at like you know anywhere and make like you know 50k a year whatever i'd rather work somewhere where it's like you're making nothing but you're learning because that's gonna really like multiply your income later on mm. you know but i think most kids don't kind of see that and they aren't willing to work for nothing and kind of invest their time because yeah. they don't see the payoff because yeah especially the, that sense of entitlement of like well i've graduated mm. and i'm i'm a grad i'm a uni graduate why shouldn't i like why am i going to go work for free like mm. um and i guess do you think the value of a bachelor's degree now is not the same as it used to be um yeah because the the like economy is moving so quickly right so like what you learn in uni was probably like because some guy had to then do it and then write a textbook about it yeah. and then teach it so the info is probably like at least minimum <laughs> 10 years old i saw in media the, the things that i'm studying right now are so outdated yeah it's there's just it's there's no point like, yeah i think so behind. exactly and i think a bachelor's degree if you're doing it for vocation so for example if you're doing law you need to learn about law to kind of like yeah. become a lawyer and like med- right? medicine as well yeah medicine like engineer like yeah. all the like stuff that doesn't change over time you need university but i think something like business mm. or something like media i think you can learn if you work for someone yeah but i would yeah, actually okay. instead of going into uni for business or going into uni um for like media or whatever i would work for a media company mm-hmm. or i'd work for like a small a, a, a business i think you'd learn so much more and you get paid for it yeah. instead of having to pay the university right so you, you know the opportunity cost of you know paying the universe 40k plus you're making 40k it's the 80k difference yeah so I think that that if I look knew what I knew then, that's what I would do. Wow. Um, but not many people can do that because it's like, you know, oh crap, I don't want to be like not a university. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and there's it, that stigma of like, oh, you don't go to uni. Like, yeah. What? But I hope that changes. As, I hope. As I hope there's so more too. young like, yeah. young people starting their businesses and it's more. I think like the the biggest value that uni's provided me is just the network and the access that I have to. Mm. like people um and i think uni is a good place if you don't know what you're doing to just kind of figure yeah, it out yeah yeah so i'll do a commerce degree or media degree just to like get my parents on my back yeah and kind of like <laughs> okay I'm, yeah. I'm i'm unemployed but it's like glorified <laughs> employment that's what i'll do just to kind of like get to kind of like figure yourself out but if you kind of know what you want to get into i wouldn't like i'll tell my kids like i wouldn't go to uni unless you kind of need it uh, okay, let's just talk about let's talk about pushes yeah. before I we go on a whole other tangent. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the name pushes? Um, I pa- really like it. Oh, pushes. thank you. Um, my partner came up with the name in because she was watching Mean Girls. Yeah. And then you know um the part where like the teacher is like oh you know I push people man. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that part. part yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's like oh pushes like that sounds yeah. really cool, 
And um, yeah, so that's how we stuck with it. But then the, <laughs> I guess the meaning of is is you know mm. like we like I really think it's like it captures my kind of life philosophy, which is like mm-hmm. it, yeah, I push through like kind of I just push through in the sense that I always kind of get things done. I always kind of like put it, defy expectations and kind of just push through my limits and my my, my kind of self imposed boundaries and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what I want other people around me to do as well. But in a way, do you push others as well? I do. I think I do. Like I push, yeah, I push others because I feel like I kind of set an example and kind of tell people that it can be done. And like a lot of my friends and a lot of people like I work with, I kind of always push them. I'm always on their ass, Mm. which is also a bad trait because people start to resent you. (laughs) But it's like I do it out of a place. Yeah. I think. And I think I always, I don't know, like I always tell people to work hard because I think it's so important to work hard and that's where all the rewards are, are and like i think yes you have to work smart and not hard but i think you need both mm-hmm. to kind of get exceptional results like i don't know anyone who works like a 30 hour week and have done something like successful like i think you can do that after you've kind of put in the hours and then you can kind of reap the rewards later on like that's what i want to do i want to like work like 15 hour weeks like in the future well, okay, now that we're on this topic of, like, working hard, mm-hmm. I I saw that you had reposted something about, um, like, Gary Vee and his, yeah. that idea of, like, um, hard work porn. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so that's, like, okay, so that's where I think it goes too far. Okay. We're, like, Gary Vee's, oh, you know, you got to work, like, all hours you're working, like, all hours you're working thing. I'm, like, that's a bit excessive. It's, like, okay, so how I kind of define hard work and, and like working hard it's kind of like going to the gym right like you have to put in your hours in the gym but you can't be there like you can't be yeah you can't be there like fucking like four hours a day seven days a week like obviously you can never get like big if you're only going to the gym like twice a week or three times a week you have to at least you know dedicate like an hour or an hour and a half like four or five times a week but then gary v is kind of like you like you gotta be waking up at six a.m. like fucking everyone else, and you gotta work till like twelve. Look, that is excessive. Yeah, he got a bit of like um, a bit of backlash for like portraying this idea of you gotta just hustle, like the yeah. word hustle. Mm. It's like the biggest. Um, and then he, he had to recently, like in the recent years, clarify mm. on like on that and um, kind of say like. Obviously, you need to be self-aware. Like, if like what he just loves work, and he that that that's what he loves. He he doesn't want to go and like play golf or yeah. relax. Like that's just him. Yeah. And then I I also that's what you're saying as well. Like just being um, balanced and also self-aware. Yeah. Like be exactly. self-aware. Like I think you can't achieve something if you're just kind of like yeah working like a thirty-hour week. Yeah. And I just like okay like I'm just gonna do nine to five like five days a week. Like, that's never going to work. But it also doesn't work if you're working, like, 20-hour days and, like, not getting sleep. Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember reading, like, where, oh, you know, you just need to sleep six hours a day. I'm like, no, get your eight, hour, <laughs> eight nine hours in. Some people really can, and I admire that. But yeah, honestly, but, like... I'm, I'm in bed by 10. Oh, well, I'm in bed by, like, 12, and then I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. really bad. But, um, yeah, like, you need to get your sleep, and you need to kind of be refreshed. And I think there's a misconception that you have to be working. And I think for me, like... Work can be you just sitting there and just reflecting on things and thinking about things. Oh, wow. Right, you know? Like and I'm always working. Yeah, exactly. I'm always fucking thinking about But you can't be thinking... Like, that's... Exactly. That, that's, and I think that's fine. Really? But, but you wow. can't be kind of, like, sitting around and, like... Just like, thinking all day. 
thinking no but like thinking about like stupid stuff you have to be thinking about your goals thinking about like your business or whatever like i think my actual substantive work that i do i like in terms of actually doing stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. probably be like five hours a day like seven days oh a week God. i'm so glad you brought that up because in my assumption like what i was thinking was actually what you meant substantive like hours no, of work. but you have to always I didn't be know that you also considered thinking about it as yeah because you're because you're problem solving it's like yeah, you know when you're at uni when you're at uni like, the first thing i think about is like like yeah so when you're at uni and you do an assignment you can't just start plugging away mm. you got to think about it spend time thinking about it but you can't also not think about the assignment and do it last minute yeah it has to be in your head and i think that is what work is to me when your attention is kind of like diverted Att- to that attention yeah wow. right so if you think about work like you know i'd probably work maybe from like say like nine to about four but then from four to like you know four to eight i'm still thinking about things or like the problems i'm issue okay, how do i solve that that's mm. working mm. right and that's what i mean so i do nine to like eight but like probably only like five hours of that is like actual substantive plugging away doing emails all that stuff yeah, yeah. but you need to be thinking you can't just do, do your like nine to like like 4 p.m and then the rest okay i'm just gonna go out drinking and stuff mm. right because then you're not kind of letting your mind subconsciously kind of solve problems yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's how I define it. But the Gary V way is like kind of like nine to like 12 <laughs> plugging away, doing everything, which I also disagree with. I think it's hard to see that nuance, but you kind of have to kind of think through and kind of yeah. be like, okay, yeah. What's your perception of, of him, like Gary? Um, I'm going to burn a lot of bridges, but I feel like, yeah. I don't know, like he was, he inherited like a multi-million dollar like wine business when he was younger, right? And then he grew that to like, really big which is a, a big feat which is like really great to be able to do but i don't think that's a starting from scratch kind of thing and i think it's misleading for him to kind of sell the fact that like if you work hard then you can start from zero and get to like where he is like i think he had a lot of privilege to to kind of be where he is now and and i think he knows that mm. right but that's also part of his brand like mm. that's what he's selling right so mm. you know that's his self-help kind of thing is his product mm. and you can't you can't tell people oh you know i inherited a, a million dollar online wine business but was it already worth millions when he yeah it was it was worth like a couple of million and then like yeah. later on he grew it to like a lot more yeah, which is 60 yeah. yeah which is still good like yeah. you know he could have easily inherited that and then fucked it up like there's still merit there yeah. like I, and it's a lot of merit but I think it's different from someone who like grew up in a disadvantaged like background of you know a minority and then kind of like worked from nothing. Mm. There's a I think there's a big difference there. And to mislead people and because a lot of people who I, I don't know his demographic, but I would assume from my friends who kind of like like him are people who came from nothing and they think that that's the secret. Like if you just work hard, that's the secret source to kind of get you. And and then that's just kind of like them on a the hamster wheel, mm. you know which i think is mis- misleading interesting yeah. um but yeah like i i i think i really like what he does because he shocks people yeah and to kind of make really that yeah his his style is that kind of shock yeah shock to kind of make people actually think about these things and if he if he's able to make people lazy people actually think about working mm. i think that's a good first step mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of value in what he does but i think when you kind of dig deeper and you get kind of past the first few layers you need to then start to think of yourself and what method works for you yeah right yeah that down to like self-awareness yeah so which i think he's corrected himself yeah. like which is yeah i think you mentioned a couple times coming from a disadvantaged background yeah like t- 
tell me about that like um, what was growing up like and yeah growing up i think was really tough in a sense that like my parents like they had a, a small business as well so they sold furniture mm. for a living um and i think business was like doing okay like we went i, went, I wasn't like poor but um what happened was like from about maybe i think i was like in year eight my mum had cancer Oh right so she had so my my dad had to you know close up shop because it was just my mom and my dad doing the business and obviously if your partner's like yeah um so that's close up shop so they were kind of like struggling and making ends meet to kind of put me through because i was already at a catholic school and it's not yeah. cheap you know what i mean yeah um so what happened was after everything that kind of happened like they were pretty much like not working and sinking into my mom's medical bills and stuff like that so my dad like we paid like I was pretty well off. Like we paid off the house already and everything like that. But then he had to redraw from the house, and so like from from then onwards, I kind of then understood. Okay, like my parents are like kind of struggling. Yeah. Um. And so like my mom's fine now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's ask. Yeah. No, my mom's fine now. But it's um. Yeah. Like during kind of like year eight to like finishing year twelve. Um. Yeah. I I wasn't like financially kind of like well off. Like I think my my I've never missed a meal and like my parents always made sure that you know yeah. me and my brother got through school and yeah. kind of do, do everything. But I kind of knew that they were really struggling. So yeah. Didn't do that. But also emotionally, did that have yeah, a huge toll on your whole family? I mean. Yeah, I feel like yeah, there was there was a lot of tension around the household. Um, you know, because my dad stressed money because yeah. every week he's sinking money, yeah. and then you know my mom's sick, and then like I'm kind of like trying to tune out. And not having to deal with that um but i think like in like i was i was very fortunate in the sense of like i was never like kind of like not paying the bills or like you know because my, my dad because he had the business here he was able to borrow money from the bank like pretty well and he wasn't like i was never kind of struggling on the street like a few of my friends like you know i i know of people in high school who like couldn't pay their school bills or couldn't pay their electricity bill oh, wow. and like stuff like that yeah. so i am fortunate enough to know that i wasn't that disadvantaged but I know that, like, I never, you know, had a handout for my parents. Like, you know, when, from about, like, when I finished high school, um, like, yeah, they didn't give me any money. They didn't, like, I had to kind of, like, do my own thing. Like, I had, I was lucky because I never had to pay rent. Um, but I had to pay, you know, my phone bills. I had to help my parents with the bills. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so everything I, I kind of, I feel like everything that I've done, I've never kind of had help mm. in that sense. And even that sort of where you developed like that grit and that like yeah I think I think it was to be honest thinking mm. back like I think I always told myself like nothing can be worse than like what, what I've been through. through yeah oh. and I always tell myself like like I had no money and I was still able to achieve like what I achieved like what's ever stopping me from anything you know like I always think to myself like if if I can and people because you know because I went to like a pretty decent school in the area, which like compared to the rest of Sydney wasn't like a good school, but like in the area was like a decent <laughs> yeah, school. <laughs> yeah. Um, like people are thought, oh, you know, you would have been well off, but like I wasn't. Like It's not that kind of private school. Yeah. Like it's not like those. Yeah. Like you know, Eastern the, Suburbs private schools. Yeah, yeah. Like those are like. Fucking yeah. Like 30, 40 grand a year yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like for us, it was probably like maybe like five grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But yeah, it was like tough for my parents to kind of put me through school, but it made me really appreciate. And it also kind of, I don't know, I think from there, I kind of learned a lot about like, yeah, like grit and all that, but also about relationships and how my parents kind of pulled through. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of made me, I think, really shaped who I looked for in a partner. Yeah, think, and then seeing that Sandy was able to, like, yeah, you guys are doing that for each other. Exactly. I think the hardest times for couples is when it's finance, like when you have no money, mm. like when you're fighting about money and fighting about like, I, I just that's one of my biggest fears actually as well. Yeah, going up, being scared that I won't have a job, won't have a fi- like stable income. But so I think like, you will you find a job. Like, I think yeah. even if you say, for example, you work like in a retail job, right? You can We're earn so like fortunate if, to be in this country. Yeah, yeah, you can make at least like fifty grand a year, which is like yeah. compared to another like country, it's like so. And you know, fifty grand is like enough to live on, and enough to like kind of spend like yeah, yeah. somewhat like on like nice things. Yeah. But I have the same similar kind of story, yeah. which always made me like I think I I need to be financially okay before anything else could. Okay. Could so what was the story? Oh no, it's just. My, my dad's background but mm. I was going to say that your you and Sandy the fact that during that time when mm. you had m- no money and she could show you that she was able able to just you guys were having each other's back yeah. I think that's so valuable and so yeah because it puts a strain on the relationship like yeah I wouldn't say like like for example like Sandy and I like we still fight right and people are like how do you stay together when you fight like because we fight maybe like every week <laughs> but like it becomes so kind of like for me it's just you know you're two different people so obviously there's going to be this this differences yeah right and that's fine like i as long as you kind of see the end goal and you kind of say okay like it's not like anything that we would actually kind of break up over mm. then you kind of get through it and you can and when you go through so many fights it's like oh okay, we start laughing about it <laughs> we're like okay so we're fighting about this now and we know exactly how this is going to end yeah. up and it becomes like routine that you kind of just know and it doesn't affect you anymore so i think like yeah that experience kind of taught me like you need to find a partner and you can't do anything everything alone like you can but it makes it so much easier, mm. right? And that's what I mean by, like, I feel like I was privileged in that sense. Like, even though, like, yeah, I came from a disadvantaged background and I had to, you know, work jobs, like, you know, to work jobs and then work for, for free to get the experience, but work, like, jobs just to kind of, like, make ends meet and then to kind of, like, pull myself through uni and kind of start a business. Like, I I was never kind of given a handout. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I kind of think that's, like, if I can do it, I think everyone can do it, you know? And I think most of the time people, like, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I want to do this, but, you know, I can't do it. And I'm like, you are you were in a better position than when, when I was. Like, I'm sure you can work it out. But then sometimes I think if it wasn't for that, yeah, then maybe, like, if it wasn't for that really hard upbringing, yeah. then maybe you wouldn't have developed that, those values and that grit. That's sometimes what I think. And then that also ties into the people who say, like, like the white boy privilege thing, how they actually believe it's a real disadvantage because they've been brought up with money and everything taken care of, that they literally weren't given the opportunity to develop grit and to, to like, solve problems. I don't know. Like, I, I, think, I think that's, like, how you brought it. Like, if you're kind of, like, comfortable, because I know people who are well off, who are also hardworking? Yeah, hardworking mm. and grit. So I don't true. think that's. But yeah. then again, you can't. You know, then you you could say, oh, like, but then there are people who are, you know, are well off yeah. and they're not. So you, it's yeah, not yeah. an argument. That's like, true. Logically, like, that's yeah. not. But I still think that it's it's commonplace enough to kind of be like you can't use that as like a it's, crutch. Yeah. And that's my big belief. Like, I don't believe you should use anything that as a crutch. Like, I think to myself, like, yeah, I was like, you know. Asian growing growing up in like Canley Heights and like you know but I still can get into a law firm and kind of you know 
blend in. Yeah. And I think you can't use anything as a crutch because if you start to use it as a crutch, yeah. it starts to kind of affect your yeah, mentality. Yeah, it starts to become your... Yeah, yeah. It, it starts to manifest itself. Yeah. And you then start to think, oh, you know, I'm Asian. Can I really survive in a you know, predominantly white law firm? Yeah, you, yeah, wow. You, and you can't... I think you... That's what I've learned. I think I used to, mm. but then I told myself, you can't use anything in your life as a crutch. That's, right? that's very valuable. I had a friend who I had on as well. She's a very good girlfriend of mine. Yeah. And she is Vietnamese. She is an art director and in a predominantly white, like mm. the, the advertising space is predominantly white. And she had the same lesson to teach. She was like, when I was in, when I entered that firm, like I was, a, I didn't see anyone that looked like me. I was different, but she used it to her advantage. And yeah. people noticed her because she was different. Yeah. And so that reminded me of, of that. Yeah, of for sure. Like you can't, people always like try to use their tra- past trauma as a crutch. And I understand why, because like, it it affected you, and yeah. it was a negative experience, and it, you know, worked bad. But then you can always turn that into a strength, like yeah. you know, like for example, Oprah, right? Like she's gone through so like I can't even imagine the pain that she's gone through in her life. But look at her now, like she's turned that into you know she's turned all her hurt and all her like you know shitty experiences and turned it into empathy mm-hmm. her show is all about empathy and mm-hmm. uh, and understanding the pain of others yeah and that's why you know all her audiences cry and she like yeah. that like see like she turned what she went through into a strength and like yeah and i'm like fuck like that's what you need to do you can't use it as a crutch if she just was like hey you know all these shitty things happened to me you know i'm a black woman growing up in america and yeah of course it's tough yeah. like i'm not downplaying like all the shit she's been through but yeah to then have that strength to kind of be like, you know what, I'm going to turn this into me and then turn this into, like, success. That is, like, inspirational, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think people should do. Like, no matter what kind of their weaknesses are or, or what they've been through, turn that into strength or turn mm-hmm. that into a way to kind of to leverage that in, in a way to kind of propel yourself, yeah. Do you watch anime at all? So yeah, I do, random. I do. What are some of your favourite animes? Um, Sorry, it's a bit of a random question. I really like Naruto. Oh my god, I was thinking that just then as yeah. well. But then Naruto... I was like, I'm going to ask him, like, does he watch Naruto? Because some of the biggest life lessons I learned from Naruto. Yeah, but the thing with Naruto was he was privileged. Like, <laughs> what? He grew up like the son of like, you know... <laughs> I like, never thought of it that way. I thought he was, he was privileged. All alone. I know, but like I think about like he grew up in a place of privilege. Think about it; it's not an underdog story because really? he because no, he had don't rule my look, favorite anime. Look, so what happened was okay. So he had like he had like the biggest like power, the nine tail yeah, fox in his body. Yeah, but he was sealed. Yeah, but that's like everyone hated him. Yeah, but no one else has that power. So like he was destined to be like you that's know. That's true. And he's like his dad and his mum were like one of the best yeah, like, like, they're like nin- fucking OP. Yeah, OP like ninjas in the video. <laughs> like that's privilege. Like, you grew up with fucking privilege. If it was no, someone like Rock Lee, that is like, if he was the main yeah, character of the story, that oh, would be. Yeah. I you know? love Rock Lee. He's like. Oh yeah, my that God. is the underdog story. But Naruto <laughs> is a privilege. Like, I, I think I was saying that to my boyfriend once. Like, I was like, Rock Lee, that's like, he's a real underdog because he has no jitsu power. He's yeah. just like brute force. And he just came from like no one. Like, yeah. You know? That is an underdog story. Yeah. Sasuke and like Naruto. No, but then the way I think about it is like, like Naruto. He could have gone the path of Sasuke. Like you they don't, both had you don't praise some, power. You don't praise someone for like for being a decent going, human being. Yeah, for not going in yeah. that path. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Uh, if anything, like if he did go in that path, then he's more stupid because he was so privileged and he didn't like. 
Yeah. yeah. No, but he, I just admired how, even though he was so alone and everybody hated him and saw him as a nuisance, he still. That's like saying, oh, Donald Trump, everyone hated Donald Trump, you know, <laughs> and he still became, wow, like, no, no it's because he was privileged. Oh my god, I never thought of it that way. Holy shit. He was privileged. No, and I don't want Donald Trump to. No, that's, no, that's not. <laughs> you know? It's so true. Everybody that's privileged. hated him, but he still yeah. became pre- president. Yeah. Wow, Donald Trump is. They should make a Naruto <laughs> series. Like, no, no. Oh my God, you've changed. You've like. That, that's how I feel about Naruto. Like, I don't like. Like, I like him as a character. Yeah. And obviously, like, I, but I don't think. I think he was like death. Like that was destiny. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like you know, like, yeah. That that was just destiny. Oh my God, you've um, really changed my my view on Naruto. Cause say if he didn't have like Naruto Fox, say if he was actually like hated because like. And he wasn't the son of the fourth Hikage, like... But he, for the longest time, no one knew. But you still have the... Because Jutsu is passed either. down. It's like getting an inheritance. No, but he was, like, the shittest person. He couldn't even do the, like, the clone... The, the clone yeah, music. but, like... He slowly, like, learned and, like, pushed his way through. Yeah, but that's because... He had hope. Nah, but it, it was, like... I don't know. And everyone else around him, like Kakashi and like all the Hokage knew. Oh, they were kind of they looking knew, at him. Yeah, so they knew, they looked after him. So he had all that like nepotism already, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, true. you know? Like Kakashi's like one of the best Shinobi and he was his mentor. Like he just given like, yeah. he could have gotten like fucking like some <laughs> shitty like, you know? Wait, who was the shitty one? I don't know, but... Yeah, there's some other shitty ones. Yeah. That's, that's true, that's true. I think he's... But come on, he's like the main character, so exactly. So it's like privilege. Like I don't, I don't respect his hard work. <laughs> yeah, I, you can. You're really good at detecting that like bullshit and privilege. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I just, I'm someone like for Gary V. Like yeah. I just, I take it very much for the surface value. Mm. I buy into the story a lot, but I find you, you're able to see. Like, I don't know. It's just like I just kind of think of it like yeah. that's just oh, how really? it is. That's life. I've, I've watched Naruto all my life. I watched it like three times and I never thought of it in that way. Because that's how he sells you the story. You yeah. Know? Especially because so. imagine like if it was like coming from the like the perspective of like Rock Lee and he's like, <laughs> you know, I trained all my life and then Naruto still gets to be Hakage. Yeah. Because he was the son of know, the fucking fourth Hakage. Like, yeah. I don't know why he's being Hokage because it's just so, you know, like such an ineffective use of his abilities. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you watch Boruto or like the Yeah, I, I do, yeah. Like, he's, uh, he's freaking doing paperwork all day. Like, yeah. why he should be out. And That's like, called an ineffective bureaucratic system. Yeah, like, why? I get that he had that dream of being Hokage and now you finally feel but it or whatever. A more realistic story is he realizes Hokage is not for me. Yeah. Get someone then, like Shikamaru to do the fucking yeah, paperwork. Yeah. And then, and then go out with Sasuke. And yeah, see, Sasuke, see, Sasuke is a good character because he, he knows. Uh, like, he knew. Sasuke. Yeah, he knew that he's like, okay. Like, my skills is really just to go out and fucking beat bad guys up. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. And yeah. I'm going to leave my family behind. Like, yeah. he has the, like, best character. Do you like his, his story? Do you think he's privileged? Of course he's privileged. Mm. He was, like, you know, of the best well, bloodline. But, but, but don't you think, like, the fact that he's privileged, then the shit that's happened to him kind of, like... Oh, so it's because, like, the privileged white guy and he just didn't know how to deal with... No, no like, but he's, he, he, his whole clan got... got got murdered and then but there were bad people like one. you know what I mean like I feel like he he is a good character because by the end of it he realises that like it's not about how strong or privileged you are it's how much you kind of help people and how much you kind of mm. you know realise that and that's like for his story arc it's just humbling himself yeah. and kind of realising yeah. that 
Because he always thought he was top shit. Yeah, he was. Right, he always thought, yeah, I'm the I'm the fucking top <laughs> shit. Person. But then he realized that like your top shit means nothing if you're not in service of others. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's that's a good character arc. But I feel like Naruto helped him realize that because Naruto never gave up on him. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I guess so. But like I don't know. So Naruto is really just the conduit for Sasuke. Like yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I I had the biggest crush on Sasuke when I was little. <laughs> I was like, he's so. I cool. hate guys like that. How they're just so like dark and like. Yeah, I like. I, I always kind of. I feel like I always kind of like. I like Naruto more just because I'm like, yeah, like that's Sasuke's like bright, just, like goofy. Kind yeah. Of. I wasn't like even in Dragon Ball Z. I never liked Vegeta. Uh, like, I don't watch. Oh, well, I like Goku. Like I, was, yeah. I just like the happy kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Like in yeah. anime, there's always like this brooding the, kind of character. The, the cool kind of yeah. like. Yeah. Do you watch One Punch Man? Uh no. You gotta watch it. It's really good. But I heard it's just like he just kills everybody. Like no, but it's like he's it's just like too a sub- OP for everyone. Yeah, but it's a subversion because like you know how like every anime is about like oh them struggling to kind of get. Yeah. So he's always like, kind of opposite. Like there's yeah. no one that's good enough for him. So the problems he comes into. Is really yes. interesting. Oh, I, I recommend you watch it. Interesting. Yeah, season two is coming out soon. Okay, I'll watch that. So, I think I like. I'd like to end on that yeah, because I, I thought that was such a great discussion. Thank you so yeah, much. No, no, it's my pleasure. Like, and there's so many things I actually didn't touch on. And for anyone who's interested, like check out Justin's pod- podcast because. I learned so much from your podcast what? already. There's only one of one. You're like one of like the fifty people. <laughs> no, like. You, you yeah. had like over 200 views on your Yeah, videos. I think it was mostly friends and then they'll probably no, listen to half of it and they'll like, oh shit. Like, no, no, keep yeah. doing it. Keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, definitely will. Yeah. You're so good at like just talking and sharing yeah, ideas. Just talk a lot of shit, honestly. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, I learned so much, honestly. Uh, yeah. Um, you ruined my favorite anime, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, but yeah, check out his podcast. I'll probably like link it or something. It's called Bold. Yep. On, where you share like bold ideas. And, um, where else can they find you? Um, I'm usually just on like Instagram or Twitter. Um, you just search shop Justin Bushes and it'll be there. Um, but other than that, like I don't know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend following me. Like I'm, I don't create interesting content. I just talk a lot of shit. I think if you want to find out more about like how she, he started the business, also yeah. you, the episode with you and Sans where you talked about relationships. Yeah, I loved that. Like okay. especially because you guys are partners in the business. Yeah, like mixing that relationship and business dynamic. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. If you made it this far, please know I am eternally grateful and hope you've walked away having learned something valuable. You can find snippets and highlights of the show and also follow along with my personal journey as a lost millennial over at Instagram at theunemployedgraduate underscore or Facebook at theunemployedgraduate as well as detailed show notes and links over at my website www.theunemployedgraduate.com.au. I'll catch you in the next one.